I just lit a candle and I am ready for this episode. Oh, I have missed you all so much, but I've been very busy. (laughs) And I think the only reason um, this episode is getting out is because this is one weekend that Greg and I are not together because since I'm so busy, I spend all of my time, all of my free time, I should say, with him. So every weekend is reserved for my honey. And um, yeah, he is he is down in Saratoga Springs, New York tonight playing a wedding. Um, and I'm up here in Rochester by myself with a beautiful candle on. <laughs> Talking with all of you, uh, my friends, my peers, my fellow music therapists, um, basically everyone that I would love to have a tea date with, that's all of you. (laughs) So um, yeah, let's get into this episode. Um, Well, actually, first I want to tell you about my candle. I am not... um, getting paid for this advertisement, although maybe I should ask Elise if, if she wants to make me an official affiliate. <laughs> but um, this is one of my favorite candles, and it's from Light Within Candle Company, a one-woman-run business in Rochester, New York. Um, Elise is the owner. She is so, so sweet. She's down to earth. She's relatable and real. And there's also this like hidden depth to her. Um, And we've only had like maybe a handful of conversations over the years. Um, But I have been one of her biggest fans from day one of her launching this candle business. Um, She is thoughtful. She is uh, loving and she cares about people and she, she cares about people having um, uh, intentional moments of stillness, I would say, and, and honestly finding that light within. Um, there's something so special there. So um, enough gushing over Elise. Uh, her candles are amazing. They smell so good. And I just got a seasonal candle that is candied pumpkin scent. It's so sweet and so perfect for fall. I I just love it. So uh, shout out to Elise for making amazing candles. Um, and you all can find her online. Um, and maybe, you know, this is a good idea. I should do a giveaway sometime and give away one of her candles because I love them that much. All right. Well, I don't know if you can hear in the background my, I have water on the stove, uh, for tea and it's, it's just about starting to boil. So let me grab that. I'll be right back and we will officially start this episode. Okay. I have my tea. I told you all, told you all about my light within candle. And now it's time to get into this episode. Enough distractions, Kim. 
Well, I figured I figured we should start somewhere else um, instead of diving right in because this is kind of a dry topic. Um, like, <laughs> who really wants to talk about taxes? Like, okay, accountants do. That's that's why they went into their profession. But music therapists, it's like, let's just hang out and make music together <laughs> or talk about music or, you know, experience music in the same room. Um, not talk about taxes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is another one of those. Uh, Kim is laughing at, her, at herself throughout the entire episode. Episodes. <laughs> um, oh, well you're still here. (laughs) I know you love me. (laughs) Okay. So we are talking about taxes and, um, let me start here. I, um, I worked for this small hospice company in Minnesota as their first music therapist back in, um, 2015. I think I worked with them like sometime in 2014 through sometime in 2016. But 2015 was really this year in my mind um, when I think about taxes and the big mistake I made. So um, I advocated for good pay with this company and, um, and I was working with them and it was awesome. I got my paycheck regularly Um I loved my work. I loved my, um, my coworkers. The team was amazing, but little did I know I was a business owner and I had to track my expenses and my income and my mileage. And I wasn't doing any of that. I think I was tracking my mileage. Um, somehow, (laughs) somehow that's the one piece I, I, um, knew about when I was going into this job, but, um, I was considered a contractor at this job. Um, I, I signed a 1099. I think that's what it is. W nine. I can't remember all the numbers. Um, or I got a 1099 at the end of the year. I forget specifically, but, um, I was considered a contractor and not an employee. So I know I did not sign a W-4. I did not fill out that form. And at the end of the year, I did not receive a W-2. Those are the typical forms that you'll see when you are an employee of an organization or of a company. So I was a contractor. And basically what that means is the business that I'm working for is not going to take out the taxes or withhold taxes from my paycheck. So that means that I have to do that as myself, as a business owner, or in this case, as a contractor who is a business owner and did not know that she was a business owner at the time. So what happened was when we filed our taxes, um, we had to pay so much money back because as I said, I advocated for, for fair pay and I made, I made really good money that year, um, which is awesome. But what I didn't do is spend money that year. And so it didn't balance out. So I should have known that I had to pay a certain amount of money, a certain percent of my income back in for taxes. But 
I just had no clue. So I want to help you not make that same mistake. Or if you make some sort of mistake with taxes, I want you to be aware of what it could be. Or I just want you to be ready for what is ahead of you. (laughs) Like get ready for the future. (laughs) So um, I made a blog post about this up on kimbest.com. If you um, enjoy reading or seeing things visually, um, you can take a look at it there. But I'm I'm pretty much going to be reading uh, word for word from the blog post. I'm, I'm sure I will have some embellishments here and there because I can't help but sound a little different when I am talking out loud than when I'm writing. So um, yeah, here we go. Today, we are talking about deductions on our taxes from all the various expenses we music therapists have. To put this in easier terms, what things can we write off at the end of the year when we file our taxes? The things we buy, which is the money we spend for our music therapy business, will balance out with the income we bring in, the money we make. Our income, which we are taxed on, will be held up against the money we spend. Essentially, whatever we have to pay in taxes for our music therapy, business, contracts, private practice, sole proprietorship, you name it, will decrease with what we buy throughout the year for our business. So this is something I've been learning Um, about throughout the years as I work with my accountant to do everything I need to do to the best of my ability at tax time. Believe me, I am no expert, um, but I have, however, gained some insight along the way when it comes to music therapy business things. And I've been happy to see a return on my taxes every single year that I've been a music therapy business owner. I feel, it feels so much better uh, to make money back um, because of things like I attended several CMTEs and and things like that um, instead of having to pay back in to the government. Honestly, I don't know what this means business-wise. Like, am I spending too much? Am I not actually making enough? Uh, Who knows? So, um, yeah, I suppose a business guru would know, an accountant would probably know, but um, this stuff that I'm going to go through has worked for me so far. I want to show you exactly what I deduct at tax time to help you figure out more items that you can count as expenses too. There are also spreadsheets you can purchase to make your life easier when it comes to tracking these. And I'll, I'll tell you about that later. So music therapist, what expenses can you have as deductions for taxes? And on the blog post, I say, get ready for a long blog post. (laughs) And I also let people know if they're reading that they can listen to this episode. So hi folks who are coming from the blog over to the um, podcast I'm so happy that you're here. And on the on the um, blog post too, you can see pictures of each of these spreadsheets. Literally every single one I have a picture for. 
<laughs> and I spent the time taking the pictures with pretty flowers from Trader Joe's. All right, here we go. Marketing. We are starting here because one of the very first things we may do as business owners is buy business cards, or we tell people about ourselves in some sort of way via marketing. Um, and I lump marketing and advertising together as one. I, I just see them as one and the same thing. So what's included in marketing, for me at least, or for my brain? <laughs> business cards, pamphlets, printouts, signs, event table props, flyers, graphic design services. Um, I love to use Canva online, canva.com, almost like canvas without the S at the end. Um, it's amazing. It's an amazing program to use for marketing and website design and creating business cards and flyers and presentations, you name it. It's just awesome. Okay. Social media expenses. One thing I'm thinking of here is, um, this program I use called Planoly, and that's a program where it's a calendar and I can, um, I can schedule out my social media posts so that they post automatically. Now I don't use it all the time, but I still paid for it for the whole year. So that goes under my marketing category. Uh, tablecloth for your event table or um, the event cost itself, like for being a... Um, vendor or having a vendor booth or table. Um, any ad in the newspaper, magazine, online, anywhere, and stamps for mailing out those ads. All right, next up is business meals slash meetings. My accountant told me that I can deduct part of the meals that I pay for when um, it's a business meeting. So this means that every coffee or tea date that I have with another music therapist, um, lunch with a potential music therapy advocate, dinner with a business partner or coach, um, any sort of networking meeting where we're having food, that's what I keep track of here. All right, next is professional music therapy. I honestly had no idea what to name um, the category with all the official music therapy business items. So this is what I came up with, professional music therapy. What's included in this category is all those professional things you may think of, such as the following, um, certification and or license, so CBMT dues for me. Um, AMTA membership or another professional organization membership or a membership to um, a music therapist's community or um, coaching service, something like that. So if you join our community, which is now um, up and running uh, and you have a music therapy business, you can put this on your expense sheet. Um my DBA, which is doing business as, it's a form filed with my uh, county for my business name. So people, instead of writing like Kimberly Best for my checks, they can write Kim Best Music Therapy. And um, that's essentially saying Kim Best is doing business as 
this business name, Kim Best Music Therapy, or it could be whatever your business is called. So that payment goes on this list. Um, liability insurance, which every music therapy business owner needs. And if you're interested in the one that I use, it is pro liability through Mercer. Um, every year that I've paid for it, it's been around $160 for the entire year. So, um, check it out if you're looking for insurance. Um, any accounting. So when I have my yearly meeting with my accountant, which I use, a an accountant that's like a, a friend of a friend of a friend or something like that. So she's pretty cheap, but I, I might go to someone more expensive soon. But that cost, whatever I pay her, um, which is $250 right now, I put on this list. And then any legal fees that would go here too, at least for how I have it set up. All right, next category is professional development. This is exactly what you think it is. <laughs> All of our continuing education, hooray. Um, what that has looked like for me is the following. CMTs, which is continuing music therapy education credits. Uh, music therapy conferences of all sorts. National, regional, um, passages, mini conferences. Um, conferences that are not music therapy conferences, but other professions conferences that I attend and uh, music therapy courses and webinars, uh, books that help me grow as a music therapist or better serve my clients or succeed in business um, and concerts. Think about the music education that you're getting, um, your musical skills or your musical ear that's improving from concerts and how that directly relates to your business and the work that we do as music therapists. Um, and then of course, formal education, which you'll have to ask your accountant about, but that might be listed in a se separate category from these um, typical business expenses. I'm not quite sure, but you'll want to track that somewhere at least. Um, any formal education that you have from a university or um, a college. Yeah, keep track of all of those things that you do within that one year that you are tracking expenses for. All right, next category, session equipment. I have since simplified the name of this category from what I have in the picture on the blog post because anything you directly use in session belongs here. So maybe you just bought an iPad and you know that you're primarily going to use it for songs, music apps, and a guitar tuner that you use for your session. Yes, that is session equipment. Um, and here are some other ideas just kind of listed from my stream of consciousness. Your guitar. Percuss percussion instruments like shakers, hand drums, frame drums, mallets, rhythm sticks, etc., a keyboard that you buy, guitar strings for your guitar, because we should all be changing our guitar strings at least semi-regularly. Um, but I'm guilty of hardly ever changing them, so don't feel bad. Uh, sheet music that you have to purchase for your sessions or for learning music for a client. A whiteboard or chalkboard that you use in sessions. 
printing service for printing out visual aids, um, your cart or wagon or big bag for carrying instruments, your guitar capo tuner or guitar picks that you buy, a microphone or some sort of amplification that you use within your sessions, any adaptive equipment to make sessions more accessible for your clients, that new guitar case that you just bought that you're so happy about, (laughs) any scarves that you buy for sessions, and your Bluetooth speaker, any music apps that you use in sessions. And then this one's interesting too, but I track this, a subscription to programs that you use in sessions. So like Spotify or YouTube, or if you pay for something that is more expensive than the free version of GarageBand. (laughs) Okay, next category is office supplies. That should be enough said, right? (laughs) But I think we should think deeply about all the things that we buy for our office space. So of course we got pens, paper, staplers. Do we even still need these? Um, Post-it notes, etc. But also think about your office desk if you bought that within that year that you're tracking expenses for. Um, your office chair, a filing cabinet, a garbage can that you just bought from the Target dollar section, <laughs> uh, bins for your instrument inventory that is in your office, um, a fan in the corner of your room that you bought because you were hot when you were working in your office on session plans. And you get the idea. Uh, This category and these list items can change depending on where your work location is and what's in it. So maybe you have a music therapy space that you rent or an office that is also a music therapy session room. So think about these things when gathering your list of expenses. Maybe it looks a little different than mine. Okay, and our next category is, sounds like a game show, online programs. Um, So this is another one that I renamed since I had taken the picture that's up on the blog. Um, But this is a good catch-all name for all those things that we use online. I have a short list here. Uh, website platforms such as Squarespace, WordPress, Weebly, Wix, whatever. Um, If you're curious, I use Squarespace and I love it. Website or domain name. Email address if you pay for it at yourwebsite.com. You can do that through Google, through the G Suite or through Squarespace, I believe. And um, any other email services like MailChimp, Squarespace email, Flowdesk, ConvertKit, MailerLite, that's what I use. These are all different email uh, services. And any, I put this on because I'm laughing at myself because I need it. Any extra storage space that you need and that you pay for regularly for Google Drive or Apple for all of your business documents and such. And any apps that you use for running your business. All right, next up we have Office Rent. So since my office is within my apartment, I can deduct a percentage of my monthly apartment rent. The same um, percent of my apartment that I specifically use for my business is what I deduct. 
So I have estimated that I use about 12% of my apartment for my office. It's just a small space within my bedroom. And in my estimate of the square footage of my apartment and what's where and how, um, I figured that it would be around 12%. And um, because of this, I can deduct 12% from my apartment rent cost to find the amount to list on my, my expense sheet. So I really hope that makes sense. Um, send me a message if it doesn't. I would love to chat more about it to help clear it up if it's confusing. And I am not 100% sure, but I would guess that this also applies to your house mortgage if, if you have a mortgage instead of an apartment rent. So in one way or another, I think you can deduct whatever you pay for for your apartment space. But honestly, I always defer to a tax professional on these questionable areas. So, you know, in my mind, if you have a rented session space, deduct that rent. If you rent an office space outside of your home, deduct that cost. Um, you get the idea. And for me, utilities are included in my rent. Otherwise, that may be another category with a similar, with a similar percentage. But again, defer to your tax professional. It has been so much better working with a tax professional than filing, filing my taxes um, for free or for really inexpensive cost online because I don't understand what goes where with my expenses and my income and what the heck they're asking for on the forms. And for like 200 bucks, my tax, my, my account that I work with, she does it all for me and she helps me learn along the way too. So the only reason why um, I can talk about all these things with you today is because of her. Shout out to Rachel. <laughs> For all of the help these past years, um, it's been so, so helpful. And honestly, it gives me the peace of mind knowing that there is another person vouching for me and on my side when I file taxes. Um, another person responsible for the, leg the legality of my taxes being right, you know? So I don't know, some things I think about. Okay, so I think our next one up is phone. So similar to deducting part of your apartment rent for your office space, we can deduct part of our phone bill. I don't pay a second phone bill for my business. I only have this one phone that I am talking into to you. So I have a percentage created for my phone bill for this category. And because my life is pretty split between personal and professional, basically personal and business, I deduct 50% of my phone bill for my business. If you do decide to buy the spreadsheets, the calculation is already on the spreadsheet. The formula is already embedded right in there for you. And if you don't use 50% of your phone bill, then um, you can go in and change there, cha change it there. And I will have um, a video up showing you how to do that. So we are more than halfway through. 
What an episode this has been. <laughs> Weighty. There's so much in here. And it's so much more than just what's on Kim's mind today. And this took me a long time to write this blog post too. So I really, truly hope that this has been helpful for all of you because that's why I do it. All right. So the next category is internet. So the same thing here. What percent of your internet do you think you use for your business? Think about all of that time you spend um, emailing clients, researching music therapy in different settings in your area, uh, looking up local places that could benefit benefit from music therapy and gathering all of those articles online for your proposals that you're writing, the time you spend posting about your business on social media. Also think about this in relation to the time you spend watching Netflix or mindlessly scrolling Instagram, which we're all guilty of. And I am quite sure those are not business expenses. Unless you're literally scrolling Instagram to find businesses to work with. That's a different, that's a different time spent. So yeah, same thing with internet. I think on the spreadsheet, I have 50% of my internet bill I use for business. And that's what you can find on those spreadsheets. Last, but certainly not least, is mileage. My accountant brought, brought up that uh, we can either count all of our car expenses, like oil changes and repairs and um, gas and that sort of thing, or we can track mileage. I don't know if the rules have changed since I had that conversation with her. Um, that's definitely something I will ask her, but don't you fret. I will keep you updated if I find out. But yeah, her professional opinion was to track my mileage. So I trusted the tax professional. Um, mileage is so important to track for 2021, for this year that we are tracking, that we are currently tracking our expenses for, at least right now, when I am recording this episode in September of 2021. It is 56 cents per mile. If I'm doing the math correctly, which I'm not a math person, <laughs> but I think I did this right. Um, that's $56 for every 100 miles we drive. So think about how many miles you're going to drive in one year. Think about how many miles you are driving for your business to see your clients, to conduct your music therapy sessions in the year of 2021. How many miles is that? Probably more than 100. Like probably a lot of miles if, if a lot of your work is far away from your home office. So that is a lot of money back. And because I do work at my home office, that's like my home base, I track mileage from my home office, from my home to my client's residence and back. So I literally type in my address to my client's address and then back to my address, if that makes sense. I think this is a huge area. Like if you track nothing else, please, please track your mileage because simply we get so much back. And I don't know what the percent is for all of these other expenses that I mentioned. Maybe we get 
even more back for everything else. Like maybe we get the full amount. I think we do. So yeah, moral of the story, track your expense. Like let's all track our expenses to um, the best of our ability. And one uh, tip I have is to try to keep track of these things. Like open up your spreadsheet, write down your item, write down the cost of the item that you just purchased and if you have the receipt or not and the date and where it was from. Type those things out often throughout the year that you're tracking so that you don't have so much work in April like before you file taxes Um, because I've been there before where I didn't track anything and then tax time came along and I'm like, shoot, I have to track all this stuff for the entire last year. And that's no fun. That is a lot of time in one big chunk. Um, so yeah, track, track it regularly. And better yet, um, as a business owner, as a small business owner, you can file your taxes quarterly. That's something that I haven't done yet, but some accountants say that like we need to do that. My accountant might just be a little more relaxed because I'm very diligent about tracking my stuff. But yeah, file your taxes quarterly if you're having trouble keeping track of stuff regularly because then you are literally forced to keep track regularly, at least quarterly. Okay, so we went through nearly the entire blog post here. I hope that gives you a lot of good information um, when you are doing all the things you need to do to keep your business running and make sure you're doing things legally and making sure that you are getting money back at the end of the year, um, or at least knowing how much money that you have to pay back in, maybe because you didn't have that many expenses that given year. So when we're thinking about this, when we're, when we're thinking about all of our expenses, here are, um, some simple questions to ask thinking about these expenses and all the possibilities of different things that you can add to these lists that I did not even mention the common denominator is this. What are we spending our money on for our music therapy businesses? Like what is directly correlated? It's as simple as that. Ask yourself these questions to help you figure it out. So is this purchase for my business? And a lot of these questions sound the same with maybe like one or two uh, tweaks. Will I use it in my business? that thing that I just bought? (laughs) Am I spending this money to get more clients? Am I having this meeting that I'm spending money on to network or make more referrals? Does this impact my business, this thing that I just bought or paid for? Do I need this to run music therapy sessions, the thing that I just bought? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm laughing at myself again. Okay. How much of my, of my time on my phone, my computer, my internet, etc., like we talked about earlier, am I using for my business? Because um, all of those things I am paying for. Is this directly correlated to my business? This thing that I just bought, this thing that I just paid for, this thing that I just bought online, is this service I'm paying for helping my business in one way or another? So yeah think about it. And, um, I just want to let you know, like if I learn 
any new things about taxes, expenses, deductions, whatever, um, I will add it to the blog post or probably talk about it on the podcast or maybe I'll create another spreadsheet. I don't know. Um, we are in this together, my friends, my fellow music therapists. I just want to help you out. And um, I know you would do the same for another music therapist. So if you don't yet have an organized way of keeping track of expenses, I am now sharing my spreadsheets. Let me tell you, I've had so many... Um, hangouts with music therapists the last like several years. My friends, my peers, uh, student music therapists, and anyone really interested in starting a business. And this is the one thing that I bring up in every meeting, spreadsheets, keeping track of stuff. And it's because of what I told you at the beginning of this episode. I made a big mistake my first year in business when I did not realize that I was in business and I want to help you avoid making the same mistake that I did. So I will say this right now. You can very easily create these spreadsheets yourself or create spreadsheets like this. It's not rocket science, but it is time consuming. And you can also use like QuickBooks or some sort of accounting and bookkeeping software to help you with this so you don't have to do it manually. Um, But if you're like me and you don't have a lot of money to pay for stuff like this every single month, like QuickBooks, or maybe that's a one-time cost. I can't remember. It's just more money than I've wanted to spend so far. Um, You will do it yourself, just like so many other things with music therapy and... Um, entrepreneurship and owning your own business, do it yourself. And if you if you really feel like your time is valuable, valuable enough to cost you money, then I would suggest saving yourself a few hours, hours that you could that could be used in session or could be used for marketing, finding new leads, or honestly, just resting because. We all know that music therapy is a profession that is prone to burnout. I would suggest you use these spreadsheets that I created, like selfless plug right there. (laughs) Or selfish. Did I say it wrong? I don't remember. (laughs) I don't remember what it's actually, what that catchphrase is. I say too many catchphrases. I get that from my dad. Um, So buy these super inexpensive spreadsheets and... I am a music therapist too. So I price these out at a price that I would feel comfortable paying for as a new music therapist. I I just want to say I am so, so, so happy to have these spreadsheets out in the world, especially for all of those music therapists that I promised these to. They are here. Yay. And you can find them on my website, kimbest.com. So Yes, all of the best to you and your music therapy business. I want us to support each other. So yes, I am sending all of my love your way. And I hope this episode has been helpful for you. Um, Also, one thing to note, I'll probably talk about it more in the future, but I started the Not Your Average Music Therapist community. This is specifically to support um, this show, this podcast. I want to keep it going. This is one way that I figured out 
um, accountability for the podcast, having you all um, invest in it. You will be essentially part owners in this podcast. You will have a say over the podcast. You will have a community where you can talk about music therapy things with. You'll have a, a safe space to talk about the hard things um, in music therapy work and the frustrating things about our profession. I shouldn't say that too loud. And um, even an opportunity to get free coaching, whether it's in our community space or on our podcast. I'm thinking about having like uh, like a coaching call or kind of like a meetup once a month that I'm calling Conversations, fancy title, um, once a month where we can all just come together and chat. It's kind of like, like I call it or I, I think about it in the way of like, it's kind of like peer supervision and kind of like just talking with a friend. I want us all to be best buddies, like best music therapy friends where you know, we keep each other going throughout the years. Like that's literally how I've kept going over all of these years in music therapy when so often I've wanted to leave this profession. That's like the huge thing that's kept me here is, is my peers, my friends, my music therapy buddies that I text or I call up or I send an Instagram message saying, hey, this is really frustrating or hey, I'm really burnt out or hey, I have no idea what to do with this client or hey, this company that I'm working for is really, really frustrating me. So not only did I want to create a way for this podcast to live on, to continue um, with your financial support, but I wanted to make a way for all of us to have the support that we need so that we stay music therapists and a place like off of Facebook because I found Facebook to be very toxic and intimidating and frustrating and frankly just annoying. So I, okay, I'm <laughs> talking a lot. I did not mean for this to be such a huge long ad for the community. I really just wanted to say this community has started <laughs> and I'll probably talk about it again sometime. But if you join the community, you save money on the spreadsheets. Um, there's a discount code for not your average music therapist community members to use when you buy these spreadsheets so that they are even cheaper for you. I think, I can't remember, but I think each spreadsheet is only like 10 bucks or seven bucks, something like that. And then with the discounts, like five bucks, I, I, I honestly can't exactly remember. You'll have to look at my website, but I just wanted to hand them out to you but this is like the easiest way to do it. And this way you are supporting um, my business and this podcast too, if you pay for them. So anyway, <laughs> this is a long episode. I hope you have enjoyed it. I am so happy to be back and look out for a guest episode for our next podcast episode. I love you all. Hope you have a great day. And keep on having hope for our music therapy profession and your job and your work and um, all the best to you. Talk with you soon.